0: I had a student stipend of $6,500 a year, so $6,500 was my annual income in the U.S. Good morning, beautiful people, and
1: welcome to another episode of the show, The Reason You Are Broke. This is the show where we have a conversation about your money and your life. And in each episode, we get you tons of inspiration to keep you motivated as you begin to get intentional with your finances. This podcast is recorded with a live audience on YouTube and Facebook, and we do take questions during the show. But if you're listening right now and you would like to send a question to the podcast, check the show notes for a link to send a voice message. Please note... Your question might be featured on a future episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. In today's episode, we talk about mortgages. We're talking about the house you can or cannot afford. Our guest today is Olivia Leketemgwa. She's a CPA, that's a Chartered Professional Accountant. She also holds an MBA from Kent State University in Ohio. She's been in Montreal for, in Canada for 13 years, and she currently works as a controller in a transport and logistics company. Why do I have her here today? The reason I have her here today on the show, what is it that's so special about her is that when she got to Canada, it only took her 18 months to buy her first home. She came to Canada as a single mom, single income. Within 18 months, she bought her first home. How did she do it? She shares her story today to inspire you. Please help me welcome Olivia Leke Temgua.
0: Hi, (laughs) Hi, everybody.
1: It's an honor to have you here today.
0: Same here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, Ida, for having me on your show. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I've always wanted to share my story on this topic because I believe there are lessons and tips that others can you know, benefit from. I have had the opportunity to share some of this information in the past, but it didn't go as well as I would have wanted. So I'm really happy that you're providing this opportunity for me to share it. Thank you. We are honored to have you here. People, she bought her house in 18
1: months, 18 months of arriving in Canada as a single mom. So, single moms out there, listen up. You can do this. Okay. Come on today. You might have a specific question for Olivia. Put it in the comments. We will get to your your questions if you have them. Put them in the comments. Okay. So, Olivia is going to go right in with her story.
0: What's your story? So, I I came to Canada from the US, actually. Um, I I left Cameroon in 2006 to, to study for my MBA in the US. And I I went to the US five months pregnant to to do that course, and so you know I I had my baby in the in the course of doing my MBA, and um, for my MBA I I was on an assistantship, and I had a student stipend of six thousand five hundred dollars a year, so six thousand five hundred dollars was my annual income in the US. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can imagine that amount divided uh-huh. by 12 months, you you would know, uh, you know how much that comes to, uh, w- that you have to live on um, with a child in my case. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of my stay in the U.S., I was in the U.S. for 18 months for that course, and by the end of it, I had managed to save up $5,000. Now how I, I saved $5,000. <laughs> On an income of six thousand five hundred is a story for another day. <laughs> you had six thousand five hundred, and you saved five thousand of that. Yes, when I came to Canada, I uh, that that was the savings I brought from the US. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I arrived Canada, I actually believe it or not, the Canadian dollar at the time was stronger than the US dollar. So I actually lost money on exchange when I came here. Wow. I was so mad. My five thousand dollars translated to a bit less. Uh, so when I got here, the first thing I did was uh, buy a car. You know, I, I bought an old uh, 1999 Camry because mm-hmm. I knew how um, it, it was. I, I needed to be able to be mobile, and I needed to be able to um, not be restricted for that first job uh, because of transportation. So the first thing I did was spend that five thousand on a 99 Camry. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually had to borrow money from my sister's line of credit to register the car because once i bought the car there was no money left um, i had to borrow a thousand dollars from my sister's line of credit to register the car and to pay my share of our first rents because i uh before getting a job so mm-hmm. you could say i started off on you know a thousand dollars of debt <laughs> <You could say. laughs> yeah um so uh My sister was in Montreal and so when I came, we had to find our own place to live. So we started apartment searching and you know, she knew the Montreal market, she knew the places that we could afford. So she was guiding the apartment search and the places she was taking us to see, I felt were places that were just not very nice. (laughs) You know, there were- all those houses, yeah. I, uh, for, for some people, um, you know, the kind of car to drive is their thing, you know, some people like to drive, the, the, their car is the big thing that for them, but for me, the place where I live is is the big thing for me. Yeah. I, I, I want to live in a place that is, you know, nice and clean with fresh air that's well-maintained and it, not fancy, I'm not talking fancy, just nice and clean and the apartments yeah. that we were looking at just did not have those qualities and i knew that i did not want to live in those kinds of places um so when we were searching you know i would see these big beautiful buildings and i would say to my sister why don't we go look over there let's go ask if they have any uh <laughs> if they have any amenities in that building and she'd mm-hmm. relax we can't afford that and i would be like how do you know have you asked how much it is so mm-hmm. i dragged her and we went to one of these high rises you know one of these fancy high rises and you know rang the buzzer <laughs> and we're <laughs> yeah. looking at each other and hoping that nobody calls the cops and i was like what are these two people <laughs> coming to uh you know ring the buzzer in this fancy place yes. so but i wanted to know i i wanted to know how much does it cost to live in a nice place like that and what the person, the uh, the, the uh, building person who opened the door, he told us that those are condos and those are not for rent. You have to buy. All right. I yeah. said okay. Well, how much is it to buy one? <laughs> 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 and and I, I think he threw up, threw out, you know, a price that was something like two hundred fifty thousand in that kind of range. Hmm. And, you know, that didn't face me. You know, I, I figured to myself, if, if people are living there, it means, you know, somehow they bought it, right? Exactly. So I asked, well, what does it take for me to, and they, he also said, you have to get a, a mortgage. If you want to buy, you have to get a mortgage. And I'm like, well, what is a mortgage? <laughs> what is a mortgage? <laughs> and I asked, okay, so what do I need to get a mortgage? Yeah. i started asking all these questions. So. You know, I got to know that to get a mortgage, you need a down payment. You need to have credit. And I was like, what's credit? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so all of this was so new to you because you're asking what's a mortgage? What's credit? How do you get it? How do you leave here? <laughs> yes. in you know, it, surprisingly, um, you know, I, I was somebody um, I, at the time. I was somebody who was, you know, I had a very good education in accounting mm-hmm. and finance mm-hmm. and just to show you the extent to which um, financial literacy even at the highest level of ed- levels of education is not really uh, part of yeah. the educational system. Yeah. So of course in accounting i would learned about loans and you know interest and amortization and all that yeah. but it was never within the context of uh, of a consumer. Yeah, it was never in the context of personal finance. It's always about how it
1: applies to companies, how it applies to the banks, what are the things you need to check. But bringing it to the level of how it affects you as a consumer, they don't do that in in education. Most educational systems will do that.
0: Right. And on top of that, you know, I didn't grow up, in a. I I grew up like you and like most of our audience. We grew up in a country that is cash based. And so there is no um, the concept of credit and the concept of mortgages is just non-existent. Yeah. Where we grew up so we have no idea what those things are and what it entails um but for me I just wanted to have a nice place to live in that that was my <laughs> that was my my starting point that was my point of reference and yeah so I asked well so what do I need to do to have credits uh, what is credit and what do I need to do to have it yeah so I got to learn you know that like credit is basically oh a mortgage is borrowing money from the bank. To pay for the house and then paying the bank back over time with interest and um, credit is a way for the bank to establish whether you are, you know, able to
1: pay back the money. Yeah, whether your credit what, what is it? enough. Yes,
0: to pay off that loan within the time frame that they're going to give it to you. Yeah. So um, I was told that to to have credit, you need to have a credit card. Like the easiest way to build credit was to have a credit card. Mm-hmm. So I went to the bank and. I asked for a credit card, and they gave me a credit card with a credit limit of five hundred dollars. Yeah, because you know, I'm a new client, new to Canada, and yeah. at the five hundred dollars that was fine for me. Um, I, I I used it for groceries and uh, you know just everyday purchases. But mm-hmm. what I did was I I paid off the credit card as soon as I got the statement. Mm-hmm. So and and I just want to say that the um that 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 philosophy of Paying up the credit card as soon as I got the statement, I've maintained that throughout my 13 years here. So I have never, um, I, I basically use the credit card like a like debit, debit card. card. Yeah. So whatever. I think you had that, that discipline card.
1: going. So you had the discipline from like way back, knowing that you can't spend money that you don't have. And the only reason you personally got it was because the bank said, this is how you build credit. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: um, You know, we we, again we come from a culture where we don't have access to credit. So I was used to you know paying things cash and you know only spending what you have. So that um, that that knowledge and that principle was just I I I didn't uh, look at credit cards as extra Extra money. money. Yeah you oh, looked at it
1: just as a means of convenience a means of you exactly. being able to get what it is you wanted which in, in, in essence for you was to buy that house you wanted to buy
0: right yeah. so in the long term i i have never had to deal with with debt because i, I simply viewed a credit card as uh, money i'm borrowing from somebody and i don't like owing people yes. so <laughs> I, I i pay off the credit card as, as the same day i get the statement notification email i pay it off so when I'm spending money on a credit card, I know that um, it's money that I'm paying at the end of the month. I don't even use the 21 days that they <laughs> that they yeah, give. Yeah, because I want to you know be done with it.
1: Yeah. So um, in your case, you you actually went to the bank. So because you and your sister, you went around looking for this information, and they told you, hey, you need to get a mortgage, and you're like, what's a mortgage? And you know now now you know what's a mortgage, but to get it, you need credit, and what's okay. credit? And they say, okay, to build your credit. Get a credit card, use it, pay, use it, pay, and you did that, and then down the road you were able to build the credit score within this little eighteen month period.
0: Yes. So, uh, well, the other thing that um, I was told I need to uh, to get a mortgage is a down payment. Yes. Um. So, um, at the time, you know, basing off of the two hundred fifty thousand that condos were in the the area where I lived, which was Lasalle, um. I, you know, I did a little, I, I started looking now into the, the real estate market to see what, um, how much things really cost. So these yes. 250,000 was, you know, for the fancier condos yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the high rises. Yeah. Um, so when I looked at what the pricing was at the time, um, there were condos in the low 200s and um, there were, there were also um homes in area the, the homes in the area where I lived were in the high range, they were unaffordable for me. Um, but there were homes in the uh, town that is just outside of La Salle, which is Shadow Gay, for those who mm-hmm. know. There were homes there that cost about the same as a condo on the island of Montreal. So when you go off island in Montreal, things are real estate is a bit it's a, a a bit lower price. It's a bit lower, yeah. So you would get, yeah.
1: w- the closer you are to like um, a, a big urban area, the more expensive the houses there are. So you might want, depending on what your, your budget is, you might just want to look a little bit on the outskirts of the place you want to live in. So in mm-hmm. your case, that was Montreal. You were looking at La Salle and all of that. And you said, okay, let me just look across the bridge in the South Shore. Yeah. Which is, yeah.
0: Right. So um, I, I, I narrowed it down to the fact that for, for a little bit over 200,000, like between 200 and 230, I could get either a house in Shattergate or a condo in the, on the island. Yes. So, based off of that, and I was told the minimum down payment is 5% of what you're borrowing. So, I figured to myself, okay, 5% on 200,000, that's $10,000. If I had to, um, and the, the $10,000, I, I simply told myself if I if I can save just five hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. it means in less than two years I would have the ten thousand. Yes, and um, at the time, so when I got my first job, my first job was paying thirty three thousand a year, which was another eye opener for me because you know coming from the US, graduating from an MBA program, I had my classmates in the US who were you know I had a classmate who took her first job as a financial analyst with General Motors. And her starting salary was 60000 So I came to Canada with that as a, <laughs> as, a starting as a benchmark master. for you, yes. yes. In my mind, I thought, OK, that's kind of what I'm going to make. And I get here, and you know, I'm told I I don't have experience in accounting, even though I had worked three and a half years in accounting. <laughs> you have um, Canadian experience. My education, my, my chartered accounting qualification was yet to be uh, recognized. So I, I had to start at entry entry level, and my starting salary was thirty three thousand a year. Um, and as a, I was also just like everybody in Canada gets. I was also getting um, child tax benefits from the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, some provinces have their own um, family allowance programs, and Quebec has a very good one. Yeah. And you have the federal one as well. So between the the federal um, Support payments yeah. and the and the provincial one that I was getting for Quebec. As a single mom, you know, I was getting a little bit more. um So I, I was getting uh, somewhere around six hundred dollars a month for that. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I figured, you know, on my salary alone, I'm able to. I, I should be able to take care of myself and my son just on my salary. Yes. Because if I was in a country that didn't have these social benefits. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to take care of my son on that salary. Yeah, I mean, I was coming from taking care of him on six thousand five hundred a year, right? So thirty three thousand was a step up from that. <laughs> a big step up. A Six times step up. Yeah. <laughs> About the six times. So I knew I could do it on thirty three thousand. So I said to myself, well, this six hundred or so that I'm getting from the government, if I could put a little bit aside for for his education fund. Then I would still have around 500 to save per month. So what I did right away was I started channeling whatever I was getting from the government. I was channeling it to his education fund and to savings for the down payment. Okay. So I started doing that, and um, in the end, I was able to save, you know, a little bit more than the 500. So I, I was able to get that down payment within the. Um, within the 18 months. So by the time the 18 months rolled around, I, I, you know, I had everything. I had enough of a credit history. I had a down payment and I just had to find a house. (laughs) (laughs) And in the process of finding the house, I'm sure there are
1: people who are saying you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't buy a house.
0: Oh, there, there, there was, um, (laughs) there, there was a lot of that. And they. I, I was friends with uh, a Canadian guy at the time. And when I mentioned to him that I was you know, looking for a house to buy, first thing he tells me is, you're never going to get a mortgage. You, know, <laughs> you haven't worked in this country. How long have you been in this country? What, a few months? Even with one year, you're never going to get a mortgage. But you know, uh, when, when I'm looking for information, and I would say this to whoever everybody was listening, Go directly to the source. Yes.
1: You know, don't get your
0: information from um, from the streets or from uh, don't don't stop at getting your information from just people you know. Go directly to the source. So this is this guy telling me I would never get a mortgage. Well, you're not the one giving me a mortgage. I'm getting it from the bank, and if the bank tells me I can get it. Then it's the bank that, just like when my sister was telling me we can't afford it, I was like, well, you know how much it costs? Have you asked? You need to go find out. (laughs) You have to find out before
1: you. And you go go to the source because a lot of people are just going to give you opinions, but that's just all it is. It's just opinions. And yes, Yes. listen to it, but at the end of the day, you need to go find out what it is that, what's the information you're really looking for? There are places where you can go find that. So you in your place, you didn't just listen to what everybody was saying. You went to the bank and you asked right there.
0: Yeah, I asked directly from the bank because they're the ones giving the mortgage. So they're the ones who can tell me exactly what I need to do to get it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would just uh, mention also, you know, when I was saving for the down payment, aside from channeling um, the family allowances towards it, I also, you know, realized that I have to do a number of cost saving. I had to find ways of saving money because, you know, for you to have money, you either Saving, you either um, you either increase your income or you cut on your expenses. Like you
1: definitely have to cut expenses.
0: Because
1: I've seen people who make a lot of money, and I I posted this the other day on Facebook. I said doctors on average make a lot of money, but they are among not the brokest people, but they're super broke. Why is like they make a lot, a lot, a lot of money, but their expenses are way more right than the income you're, you're never going to get ahead with that so of course you need to cut your expenses a small yes. lifestyle change i'm seeing here a, a post from comment from kennedy a small lifestyle change that permits us to save gradually can go a long way which is that's so true that's
0: exactly right and you won't believe the the, the one of the uh, i'm going to tell you one of the um <laughs> the the cost saving measures that i decided to implement i remember uh, when i was growing up my mother we had a corridor in the house and the corridor Mm -hmm. was a bit dark so whenever you're going through the corridor you have to turn on the lights and i remember my (laughs) mother would always go who is in that corridor with lights when because she's she can see that there's lights in the corridor she knows that there's nobody there so she would always uh, who is in that corridor with lights Mm -hmm. she was always hammering us about turning off the lights in the corridor (laughs) so i remember that and I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to be turning off the lights whenever I'm leaving a room. Mm-hmm. I did that, and I swear to you, I noticed like a ten to twenty dollar reduction in my in my electricity bill
1: <laughs> from little little things that we don't even yes, think just about. Just from
0: turning off the lights when I was leaving a room. Yes. that's one of the things I did. Yeah, I know there, there were other, um, you know, more I would say uh, substantial things that I did to cut costs. I I didn't have cable TV. Um, I cut off, I I made sure I was paying the minimum on my phone. I I didn't have, you know, a data plan or anything. My phone was just for calling and texting. So minimum on the phone. Um, I made a very detailed budget of my salary. I took my salary and I detailed exactly what it was getting spent on and I allocated it in a way that left something over to supplement that $500 (laughs) $500 (laughs) target
1: that Mm -hmm. I
0: initially set up. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I did was make sure I wasn't paying any banking fees, which is why I love Tangerine Bank. Oh, yeah. You you invited
1: me to that bank.
0: (laughs) Not only do you never pay fees on your checking account, they actually pay a tiny bit of interest on checking account. Yeah. not. yeah. Um, Not only do you not pay any interest, they also have um you can open as many as five savings accounts which really worked well for me because um when i was doing the automatic savings i could open a savings for a savings account for down payment to which i'm channeling uh particular funds i can open i i can you you can open up to five savings accounts for different purposes and that's one of the reasons i've never been in njangi because tangerine lets me do it automatically and i guess i would say i have the discipline to do it without touching the money that's going in there yeah so it really and comes down to comes our to habits. interest as well it really comes down to our habits and being
1: intentional and, and telling yourself this is my target you had a target i want to buy a house i don't want to live in this neighborhood i want to buy a house you had that goal and then you, you started looking for ways to make it happen and you found the little, little places to save money in. You cut back on, you, you didn't have, you, say so you cut back on cable or you didn't have cable at all? Um, I cut off cable. You cut off cable. Okay, you your minimum on your phone. Yeah. You, you, bank fees, you weren't paying any bank fees. You were getting interest actually on your regular banking. People, those are little things that people don't think about. And then, f- for example, the government that sends money for people, Those little assistance that people that we get all the time from the government. You shouldn't count that as money that you, you, you want to live on. I mean, if you're strapped for cash, yes, you should live on that. But in your case, you were putting all of that, you were saying, I'm going to live on my salary. I'm going to live on my income. And you're mm-hmm. putting all the extra to this goal that you had set for yourself because you had a goal.
0: Another thing I had to cut that was very dear to my heart was dancing. At the time I was going to a dance studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love dancing. And when I, when I decided I wanted to buy a house, I had to cut that. That was, that was one of the expenses that I had to cut off. A little but lifestyle I, adjustment I had, buy, for, I had to make for a while.
1: <laughs> but all right, I, good. So let's see, how do people know? For the people listening there, they might be saying, okay, I'm doing all of those, and that, how do I know if I can afford the house? How do I how do I know if I can afford the house? Do you have any advice for that?
0: Well, um. The, the, the simplest way is to, what, one of the things I reasoned to myself is that I'll have to pay for accommodation costs no matter what. Mm-hmm. So whether you're living in an apartment or in a condo or in a house, you, you have to have a roof over your head. And the more I got to learn about mortgages, the more I realized that, well, if I'm living in an apartment, I'm simply paying the landlord's mortgage.
1: So yeah. why
0: not pay myself? Um, but to, to know whether you can um, afford the house you want to buy, I, I think the, the, the easiest way is to look at how much you're spending on accommodation costs. Um, I remember um, when my my sister in Ohio, back uh, some years ago, when she told me how much she was paying for rent in her apartment,
1: mm-hmm. I was
0: back, I said, well, why don't you buy a house? And it, it had never crossed her mind that she could buy a house mm-hmm. um, because she had just never. It, it has just never crossed her mind. So yeah. when I, I put together the numbers and I, I showed her and I explained to her, you know, about mortgages and down payments and all that, when we put the numbers together, it actually showed that her cost, her housing costs, if she had bought, me, lower paying a mortgage, it was actually lower than what she was paying in rent. But that's the US market. I don't think you would get that in Canada. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: right now, the Canadian market, especially here in Montreal, is going crazy right now. It's not even the time to think about buying a house now. It's, everybody's yeah. paying above asking. Everything
0: is so overpriced. Yeah. Um, so if you if you can look at how much you currently spend uh, on, on rent and compare that with how much a mortgage for a particular, um, a, a particular amount of monthly payment on a mortgage will be, plus you know the big caveat here is when you're comparing rent to housing costs, housing has a lot of uh, other costs that other the cooks, apartment yeah. would not have you yeah have, you know you have to consider that the, the the heating bill is going to be bigger the uh, electricity bill will be bigger, there's property and school taxes in our case here mm-hmm. um there, there, there are repairs to be done you know things that your apartment landlord would normally take care of you yeah. have to put yeah. all of that in into um you know your long-term view of home ownership and factor that when you're comparing you know rental versus buying a house and whether you can afford there there are different guidelines so as an example when i was looking the guideline that i found at the time was that um the, the your cost of housing your housing cost shouldn't be more than 27 of your gross income mm-hmm. uh, there are other, the last time I looked it up when I was uh, getting ready for this show, there was a website that said it shouldn't be more than 30 to 32 percent of your gross income. Yeah. But I, I think the, these ratios, they, they are a good guide. But personally, I believe in looking at the hard numbers, taking the dollar amount that you get as a salary and taking the dollar amount of what those housing costs will be and subtracting. Uh, because sometimes these ratios assume a lifestyle that may not, be the same as yours. That is very so true. If yeah. you're somebody who, you know, in our case, we, we often have to support family back home. So that that is an, an expense that some of these ratios may not be taking into account.
1: Yeah. So you
0: really have to um, use your own numbers for your own situation and factor in the things that you still want to be able to save for, whether it's retirement or the kids' college or helping family back home. You yeah. have to factor all those things uh, yeah. to determine if you'll be able to afford that
1: mortgage. Yeah, I recommend actually 25% that you shouldn't be more than 25% of your take home pay, like how much money you physically get into your bank account total for the whole year. I recommend no more than 25%. So that's net but income. Day, not net post- income, yeah, your disposable income. But at the end of the day, it, it really is just a guideline. You have to actually put down your own numbers a zero-based budget, meaning every single dollar that comes in, you put it down. What are the expenses and how much do I, how much can I comfortably pay for a house every single month? You, you need to look at those things. So yes, we're gonna give you a general estimate of 25% to 35%, that's a, a ballpark range, but you have to put the numbers down. That's just a guideline. It, it's just okay. a guideline. So. Take that people, but do your own budget. Contact me, let's do your thing one-on-one. We could we could always um, work on your own numbers as they are. Again, we're not real estate advisors. We're not giving you investment advice, but we're telling you what has worked for us, what we do, what, what has worked for us essentially. So take it and apply it to yourself in a way that works best for you. We right. just had to put that out there.